previously on Creek Chat. P. Joe, how do you know you're ready to fuck Pacey, the best man, and the person to take Joey's virginity? You were good. You were so good. All ready for the fucking steamy details. Yeah, you know what? I did want the steamy fucking story about her boning for 89 straight days. That's a pretty lot of times. Come on, baby. We fucked once. We can fuck again in the back of a dumpster. And even Grams is all like, get it, girl. (laughs) Somewhere along the rest of the season, someone's going to die. Not today, crones. You don't have to wait, cause every Monday we are back with a new episode of the show Crew Chat. Here's our host, his name is JT, with guest Chucky B. Oh my god, this is Creek Chat and it's finally happening. Welcome dearest listeners to 50 Randy Quades Presents Creek Chat. I am your host, JT Dusty Fetus Money, and with me, my co-host, the most beloved, the most sought after, the most, I don't know, sometimes I run out of adjectives because there are so many floating through my head that I get them jumbled up in my head. What I'm trying to say is the most humble guest on earth. It's me, it's me, the most humblest guest you'll ever see or hear, Chucky B. And what we're here to do is discuss episodes 13 through 15 of season 4 of Dawson's Creek. And we want to do that for you, our beloved listeners. LOL. So much love. Because there's lots of love. Lots of it. Just fucking lots. But before we get into those episodes, I'd like to talk about two humble Chucky B's predictions for them. Starting with episode 13, Hopeless. Well, I can tell you one thing. There's going to be no hope. There's going to be... Who's going to be bad? Who has no hope? I'll tell you who has no hope. Dawson and Gretchen, because they ain't got the title of hopelessness. As we saw a bit of wavering in the last three-pack with P. Joe, but Joey was like, you need to shut the fuck up. It's your birthday. I love you. And if anything is constant, it's us. And he's all like, damn, girl, you're right. So I'm not sure, like, what happened with a prediction there. (laughs) Let's get to the breakdown of Hopeless. Dawson is less than... That's all I said? Uh, Yeah, no, that was it for for Hopeless. No predictions. Just saying that Dawson and Gretchen ain't got the title of Hopelessness and that P. Joe are constant. It was good. No, it's it's fine. So that was... um, I'd say you didn't even get up to bat on that one. You were were on deck. (laughs) And the guy in front of you got out and you had to go back out into the field. (laughs) But the actual breakdown... Dawson is less than comfortable about meeting Gretchen's friends. Joey and Pacey are enlisted to help Drew get through an important date. So yeah, that that happens. You've got some predictions for A Winter's Tale, I think, that are actual predictions. It's already past Christmas, so I guess we're going to get another winter-themed party. And it could be at the school, it could be hosted by somebody outside of the school, it could be a community party held by Capeside. I think that's the best one, and it kind of follows everyone there just chilling. There's going to be a little bit of snow. Nah, but they should be getting tons of snow. <laughs> Dumping. <laughs> they should, realistically. So this much is fucking Massachusetts, man. So much snow, they don't know what to do with it. <laughs> okay, 
Here's where I'm going to give you some partial credit. There is an event that's hosted that they go to, and that's the senior ski trip where yeah. there is where there is snow and ice. It's not dumping, but it's there. Yeah, you bu- a bunt. Uh, you've established the bunt. He bunted here. I'll give it to you. But you at least got up to the plate and on base, as opposed to hopeless, where your predictions were non-existent and hopeless. What did I say predictions about somebody dying? Because I definitely hit that one out of the park. Let's talk about the breakdown for A Winter's Tale. As his friends wrestle with sex during a senior class ski trip, Dawson discovers that he's been given power over Mr. Brooks's life. Prediction for episode 15, Four Stories. There are going to be four stories. And... And much similar to the pillars, instead of being in one building, there are going to be four different ones following our four characters. I don't know what that means, honestly. (laughs) But I I get it at the same time. We're going to follow Jen. We're going to follow Pijo. We're going to follow Dawson and Gretchen. And we're going to follow Jack and Toby. So I'm giving you partial credit here because you're right on path with that idea at least obviously and it's going to be all those stories which converge at the end and jack and toby are going to be making out at the end all right i don't know about making out but maybe like a kiss p joe just chilling there has to be something crazy that happens i don't know we're definitely going to get some drew valentine We do, but he's shown he's an interchangeable character. He has no friends. He has nobody. You almost feel sorry for him. You want attention, and you're going about it all wrong. <laughs> so you continue to love paying attention to Drew Valentine. But oh no, but like you said, before the season is out, someone's gonna die. And there's your home run. You capped off go. this. You capped off this whole mess of an inning with a home run. So. Sometimes that's all it takes, you know? Let's hear about the real breakdown for four stories. As Pacey and Joey analyze their first sexual experience, Brooks's death brings Dawson and Gretchen's relationship into focus. A psychologist presses Jen about her past, while Dawson asks Joey if she's had sex. Do you want to talk about that right up top, or do you want to save that until we get there, Chuck? Because I know you've got feelings, and I know I've got feelings. We can just wait till we get there. I think that's the smartest idea. I wanted to check, though. I really did, because it happened to end with something that we we generally, for our listening audience, here's a little look into things. We generally don't converse about the show leading up to recording. What happened during the episodes, kind of in the beginning we did, but not anymore. But this week, Chuck definitely texted me and was, I don't remember what you said, but you were not happy. We'll leave it oh, at yeah, that for I was, now. I, I think I was just kind of like... What the fuck is going on with this? And we'll talk about that a little bit later. Let's start without elaborating into further. I mean, if you've watched Dawson's Creek, you, you know. know what the fuck I'm talking about, right? <laughs> like, dude, fuck that shit. You don't not nah, fuck that. It's it's stupid. I don't fucking get it. I guess I will see when I watch the next three pack. But I mean. The nice thing for me at this point is there's so much, since it's been so long since I've watched this show, there's so much I've forgotten. And when I get to the episodes, I kind of go, oh yeah. And I'll even say there's a point, and it's in one of these episodes, maybe this one right here. No, it's in the next one. We'll get to it. The phone conversation that Dawson and Joey have. The way Dawson kind of, it's all weird, but we'll get to it. Let's start with Hopeless, and let's start with Jack and Toby. Let's get out the gates with that, because Toby's back on the scene, right? Toby! He decides to just show up at Jack's house. Doesn't even know Jack's home. Jack isn't home. 
just happens to run up right when Toby gets there, though. Oh, you're a runner. I totally, I t- that, ah. Runners. I think he calls him the country club type. Like, again, I'm just going to keep shitting on you because I don't know how to be a good human. Cardio. But he does have a purpose for stopping by, not just being a weirdo. He's like, there's this reading club thing, helping out students, like tutoring them so they can get better. And I know you like doing the coaching thing and all that. I think you'd be good for it. And Jack's like, man, I don't know. Toby's like, yeah, but no one cares. I'm gay. They know it's not a thing there. And Jack's like, man, I don't know. And he ends up going and doing it because he's Jack and he's a good dude. And then when he gets there, Toby's pretty nice to him, uh, even complimentary when, you know, Jack's working with this kid and like the kid can't get into any of the books. So like he's like, oh, the assignment's just to read a story, right? He's like, who says we can't make a story? And so like he gets the kid involved with making a story and he's all like, all right, only words you know how to spell. So he's also like challenging him on what words he does and doesn't know. And you know, like, the ones he doesn't know, he's like, all right, look him up. And so it, it's really like, uh, like a good just like moment for Jack and like showing his character. Jack, Jack gets, I mean, not to reduce the characters, but he gets another Molly in that sense. Like the person that he connects to through the the volunteering that he's doing. And we get a return of the nod of approval as Toby's looking on. Nodding, loving it. He's like, Dad, that's what I thought, Jack. You come in here, you'd be a great tutor. Let me ask you out to coffee now too, though, baby. Let's go out to coffee. And, I mean, he's not like that. And Jack's like, all right, cool, let's go to coffee as friends. He doesn't say that, but he, in his head, he's like, this is a friend thing. But they show up, and that's not what he thinks it is anymore. No, yeah, like, uh, Toby's meeting, like, a couple, and... Jack's like, hey, I don't want you to be, like, throwing me into this. Uh, he's like, I'm just not that interested. He's like, we can be friends and friendly and shit. But he's like, you know, I'm I'm just, you know, I'm not interested in you. But he's like, we can do, keep both, keep doing the tutoring thing, too. Because we find out Toby just started doing the to- tutoring because of Jack. Like, he hadn't been there for a long time or anything. He's like, what's something I can find that we can both do? And then I'll invite him to. And so Jack's like, but we'll both keep doing that. And we can be friends. And that's it. And I think Jack is playing this real smart because Toby, as always, is a real fucking shit licker. Yeah. They're, sh- yeah I guess I mean, they're showing him to be, he's got that side that I see that Jen sees in sweetness or whatever, but he needs to just learn to not be such a penis all the time. Yeah, he's just, I don't know, he just seems like he's unhappy and that's why he's like that, causes him to just be like that i don't know i feel like they haven't given us enough about his personal life to really i mean you're not wrong he's definitely not a happy person but they haven't delved into like his story no yeah i'm, I'm just saying based off of the little i know from him that's what would be my assessment that's fair no that's definitely fair he's probably just like jack lonely and he's looking for someone but he's got to know that's the thing he's not stupid either though he's got to know that what he's doing isn't working mix it up maybe that's what the tutoring thing is we'll find out so, to me, and I forgot that it was such a pairing off, the, the pairing of Joey and Drew throughout the entire season has continued to create a whole bunch of fun situations for her. Well, they're forming some sort of, like, weird friendship. It's strange, isn't it? And she has all the reason in the world to dislike Drew, and she just keeps coming back to where, just like everybody else in the show, that we've talked about so far i guess drew's just like afraid and lonely but he's also malicious and dirty in a way yeah he just doesn't know what the fuck to do with it so he takes it the complete other abby route you know 
tries to copy that dead ghost bitch. You know, see, there's a big difference between how Toby's handling being sad and lonely and the way Drew handles it by oh, being yeah. there's a, a truly difference. nefarious villain. Toby is just damaged. Drew's a fucking villain. And so Joe is kind of like befriended him because she's, I guess, seeing the other side of the coin a little. Well, that's good for her because if she wants to get time off to go on this fucking ski trip, she's got to go on a date with her boyfriend, Pacey, and Drew and this chick, Anna, who's apparently the daughter of some prominent dude that Mrs. Valentine is always trying to. I did not catch her name, so I just kept on writing new character girl. Uh, it's, it's Anna. You can stick with new character girl if you'd like. Well, we start out, the whole tone of this three-pack delves very directly into Pacey and Joey and their sex life. And it's set off right here in, in an early scene for Pacey with Gretchen, where he's preparing for this double date that they're going on. And Gretchen's like, true love waits. And Pacey's like, and waits and waits. <laughs> like... Yeah, I mean, they keep bringing it up. At least recently, they've been bringing it up. And it makes sense to bring it up. Oh, yeah. Well, they get on this date, and Pacey's being real flirtatious with Anna. And I don't know if it's flirtatious or just how he is when trying to show someone a good time. Joey doesn't seem bothered. I think it's just how he is when he's trying to show someone a good time. Well, Joey doesn't seem bothered by it either. Drew keeps pointing it out like, oh, yeah, they're flirtatious. They got this glow like they just had sex. And Joey's just like, nah, I ain't worried about it. The fucker's going no, out. Yeah, with Joey's you. just like, ah, this is clearly just Pacey trying to be nice. Well, they Anna reveals at one point when Drew's like being a real dick and Pacey's like, we're out of here. Anna's like, well, yeah, I already slept with Drew. And pa- both Pacey and Joey are like, what? Are you kidding me? Yeah, they were both really confused by it. They're like, wait, what? Well, that's when Joey has the conversation with Drew and gets Drew to be, you know, open with her and reveal that he's scared and all that. And she's like, well, maybe you just need to be honest with people like you're being with me right now. And I'm sitting here thinking, Drew Valentine's just going to fall in love with you next. You're just going to keep setting men on the course of being in love with you by being the person that you are. And you're going to have to deal with that your whole life. And that sucks, man, because Drew Valentine is not the kind of guy you want chasing after you. Yeah, but as long as she's got Pacey... You got P. Joe, you're good to go. Then it's all it's all Jesus. Um, so they end up, like, Anna and Drew end up making up later, and, like, he's like, I'd take you out again sometime, and she comes back the next episode, so that makes perfect sense. Um, and they kiss, and it's all cute. It almost feels like they're trying to make you like Drew Valentine. Yeah, yeah, kind of. Kind of. But they also did that with Abby Morgan, if you'll remember, like the episode where they did the TV interview with Gail and she slept outside all night. It felt like they yeah, were trying yeah. to get you to feel like you're supposed to like Abby Morgan a little bit. and Or at least feel a little bad for her. Well, in hindsight, you have to do that because if you're going to kill her, you got to at least care for her a little bit. Nope. Don't give a fuck. I know you don't. R.I.P. Abby Morgan. God fuck damn that it. bitch. Man. Well, so... At the end of it, Pacey and Joe... Fall off another bridge. It wasn't a bridge. It doesn't matter. Doc. So, at the end, Pacey and Joey confront... Fall off another doc. Stop it. That's enough. That's enough, goddammit. Leave Abby Morgan alone. Let her rest in peace. Um, (laughs) So, Pacey and Joey just discussed sex head on here. And it comes out, they both say that they're terrified about it. And she's like, oh, I'm glad you're terrified about it, too. But they're terrified about it for very different reasons. And he's like, if this ain't progressing, it's not because of me. That's all I'll say. So that's where we leave those two. Like, basically, Pacey's put the ball in her court. I'm ready to do this right now. When are we doing this? 
And Joey being like, maybe never. I don't know. Yeah, Joey's like, I haven't turned down the nunnery yet. So Dawson and Gretchen have an interesting storyline in this one. Going out to what they call a club, but it was just a bar with someone who was playing piano and cello. I definitely referenced this in my notes. <laughs> I was like, I was like, when they mentioned they were going to a club, I was like, so there's clubs in Capeside, eh? And then they pull up to this so-called club, and I'm like, this is a fucking bar. Yeah, no, I think the idea is like if there's a show going on there, a quote-unquote show, you call it a club, but that's not how being a club works, uh, because that's just a bar with a stage in it. Yep. And if it's going to be a club, you're going to call it a club, it probably shouldn't be someone on piano and someone on cello playing Dawson's Creek music, because that's not a club either. Nope. Well, that's where they... Dawson's meeting the friends tonight. He's meeting Gretchen's friends. So, specifically, in the opening of this episode, at the Leary Fresh Fish Friendship and Photo Studio, Dawson and Gretchen are planning out that two of her friends are coming in from town, and Dawson's going to meet them. So that's all in the beginning of this episode. And you can tell that... Gail is just on edge by being almost due pregnant, but also like... Well, that's what Dawson says. Well, Gail's also like, hey... Back off, bitch. No, it, well, she says that later, yeah, but right here up top in the opening, she's like, why don't you stop using the fucking work phone for personal calls and go get that fucking wine that you need to serve to the table ten minutes ago. And yeah, so that's when Gretchen's like, Dawson, does your mom, like, hate me? And Dawson's like, no, 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 it's the baby, man. And she's like, nah, man, I think she hates me. So they go out on this date, but before then, Dawson's over at Brooks's house, and Brooks is saying, like, listen... You have to not take it easy. You're young. Go after Gretchen. Because he's asking about Gretchen specifically. Like, I, you know, I did my thing when I was young. I got burned by it. But that doesn't mean that you shouldn't follow your heart. If you fucking feel it with this Gretchen chick, take go. Go for it. But he's so overwhelmed when Gretchen and the two friends show up to pick him up at the house. Oh, when his mom drops a fucking hammer on him, like, out of no, Because this seems like it was out of nowhere, right? Oh, absolutely. Like, oh, yeah. Like, he's never had a curfew before, and she's all of a sudden, well, how about a one o'clock per- curfew? And he's all like, that seems kind of fucking suspect, considering this has never happened before, and I'm literally probably months away from becoming a legal adult. Dawson has put himself in much crazier situations than this anyway. Let's jump back to the jazz club with Ty the Jesus guy when he was 15, getting hammered. Dawson's a seasoned pro at this point. He can handle this club. This ain't even a club. And and see, I would actually say that was much more actually a club no that was absolutely a jazz club that's why i called it that this was a bar Uh, it's bothering me more now than it did when i wrote it down honestly and i don't know why Uh, well it's because that i'm probably agreeing and i'm pointing out in other aspects where there's actually been fucking clubs in this show and now they want to convince us that this is a club when it's clearly a fucking bar they've been to a strip club before and it was very much a club Ooh, man. Yes. They really tried to pull the wool over our eyes here, but Chucky B and JT Money, we're not buying at Dawson's Creek. We ain't having no, and it. I don't even really drink. And I know the difference. 
to a fucking club and a bar, goddammit. Well, Dawson's not going to be able to drink at all because he gets an under-21 stamp on his hand because he's 17. But he's the DD, so it's all good. They go. No, that's right. Well, they go inside, and he casually finds out through conversation with the friends that Dawson or that Gretchen has a, a loser list that comprises six guys that she slept with that are losers. And that one of them is the reason she got a tattoo of a leprechaun on her hip. Uh, and Dawson, at this point, is looking real out of his element. I would agree with that. But my next note is uh, Dawson's totally going to fuck Gretchen. Well, she ends up... they. He's like, all right, listen, the, the show's over at the club. And the girls are like, let's go to this place that we used to go to that we love. And Dawson's like, nah, I got this big under 21 stamp on. That's a bar. They're not going to let me in. I'm going to go home. You guys go have fun. It'll be all good. So he does go home. Sees his mom and his mom apologizes for earlier. She's like, I'm sorry. Maybe it is just the hormones right now or I've just thought it over. Like, follow your heart. If you're in love with this girl, like, do your thing, boy. And he's like, all right, man. All right. And then Gretchen shows up. You're damn right she does. <laughs> I was letting you, like, jump in there. But if you want me to continue. No, I that's, all, I, that's all that I, I didn't have any of this written down because I was kind of like, yeah, this is just I, I didn't really. I, I like I knew it was important that she came back and she's all like, yeah, man, like I, I this is where I'm supposed to be. at." Well, it's what leads up to what your point was, is those two are going to fuck because she comes in and Gail's like, he better not be number seven on any loser list, motherfucker. And she's like, oh, no. And then she talks to Dawson. And he's like, I just want to know I made an impression on you. And she looks at him. She's like, you already have. And then he's like, when do I get to see that tattoo? And then she kind of laughs. And it's like, okay, well, yeah, no, that's definitely headed in that direction now. Uh, yeah, if faux show. But let's get sad. Let's head from the act of procreation to the act of someone ending up on a floor. Because Dawson was kind of working with Brooks a little bit throughout this episode. Uh, Brooks told him to wrap it up. Like, get done. This is done. This documentary's done. You just got to learn to let it go, which he's obviously yeah. talking about himself at that point because we find out he's been hiding. He hasn't been taking his pills. He's been hiding them, stashing them away. Um, but he pulls. And his- then he has he has Dawson sign this like uh, piece of paper under the guise that it's just to go get his medicine for him. And that might have been part of the duties, but Definitely. that's what he told Dawson. And it actually turns out to be something different. Yeah, uh, Brooks definitely took advantage of a 17-year-old kid and pressured him into signing this document that gave him way more power than he should have had. I think, I mean, obviously, and we'll talk about it in the next episode, it doesn't, it turns out okay for Dawson, I guess. Yeah, I would but, agree with that. But when he comes in at the end of the episode, we find he's looking to talk to Brooks. Oh, yeah, the ending sequence of the episode. Yep. At Mr. Brooks's house. Yeah, he just walks in the door. He's like, Mr. Brooks, I had something or other. I don't even know why the fuck he Yo, was there. Yo, what up, Mr. Yo, what Brooks? Up? <laughs> Yo, what up, Brooks? And Brooks is yeah. not up. Brooks is down. Brooks is on the ground. No, yeah, he's... I presumed him dead. I was like, oh, home run. Hit it. Hit it. First episode. Smacking him. That is one thing you texted me at the end of the first episode. Yeah, I assume Brooks is dead. Um, and I just said, just you'll see, man. You'll see. So for well, give me your four pillars of chalk. All right. So also I had one a little extra nugget, right? So I wrote down that uh, most of the drama this season has been with our secondary characters and how their story affects the main characters. And I've been really digging that, like, because 
sometimes there's just too much fucking bullshit drama. I think a big key to that, and they hone back on it a little bit more in these episodes, but for the most part, the drama between Dawson and Joey has been non-existent. They're not bickering, they're not fighting, they're living their own storylines, and that's to me what dragged down all the drama before. But now you got Dawson hanging out with Brooks, you got Joey hanging out with Drew, like you're saying, these secondary characters keeping them away from each other. So when they do come together, it doesn't feel as annoying. Like, oh shit, we just did this last episode. We're going to fucking do it again. Now, the things they do might be infuriating still, but it doesn't feel as tedious as it did before. And it lets. No, it feels worse. But not tedious. Worse, maybe, but it's not. All right, we'll get. We're, we're, we're building up again to our finale. So, Four Pillars of Chuck for that first episode are. Uh, number one, Pijo is uh, afraid of sex for different reasons. Yeah, 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 yeah. Joe but was definitely as afraid a group, of it. Afraid of sex. Mm-hmm. As a group? As a group. Uh, number two, Drew showing signs of being an actual person, potentially. Potentially. Uh, number three, what did Mr. Brooks actually have Dawson sign? Because I'm not fucking convinced, Arthur. I wasn't convinced either. And number four, Dawson and Gretchen progression. <laughs> As in, gonna fuck. It sure seems that way. And I don't think my Go opinion... Go down to Town. I don't think my opinion on that changes in the next two episodes either. Although there's... We'll get there. Before we get to the hospital, because we're headed to the hospital... I just want to touch off something that opens up the episode, and that's when everyone's leaving to go on the senior class trip. Episode 14, uh, Winner's Tale. And that's why you're the best guest in the land, Chucky B, because you step in when I drop the ball, you pick it up, and you make sure that we've still got possession for the next down. Yeah, you know, you gotta keep going. Uh, Yes, a Winter's Tale. We open up with those that are going on the ski trip leaving, and Gretchen pulls Joey aside, and she's like, listen, I think you should really give Dawson a call. With everything that's going on right now. And so just so we've got that in mind for Dawson's storyline. He's going to be getting a call from Joey coming up. Or so they lead us to believe. And it's Gretchen looking out for him too. Which I really like to see. Like she's definitely good for Dawson. Yeah, well, And what's so good about it is they can all be kind of friendly with each other. The fact that there is a brother and sister duo in there almost forces it. Like, no matter what you want, that bond isn't going to break. So we're just going to have to deal with any awkwardness that shows up. So suck it up, you weirdos. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) But then we get to Dawson. It's like, you're all fucking friends anyhow, right? Like, And I feel like they've been doing a good job this season of building to really fixing that. But again, up until this last episode. Oh, my God. Let's hold on. Let's keep pumping the brakes on that. Because once we open up the floodgates, we're just going to have to finish the episode. That's Uh, what I'm saying. So let's get to Dawson goes to the hospital. We find out Brooks is in a coma. Grams tells him that because him, dude, him and Grams are tight as hell in this episode. Grams and Dawson. And in the next one, too, like. Oh, yeah. Like I said, dude, Grams is part of the gang. She is one of the most involved secondary characters in the series. And definitely here interacting with our main character in one of the like darkest points of his young life dealing with a big death for the first time. Like she's there for him throughout it because she's going through it with him. 
And she tells him here in the beginning, she's like, it's in God's hands. Because this is Graham's. And it's always in God's hands, right? But we find out at this point, it's not in God's hands. It's in Dawson's hands. It may be in Dawson's hands, but Dawson, like, Dawson's parents are also there along with Graham's mm-hmm. when Dawson gets the news right. that he has the power over Mr. Brooks's fragile, fragile life. And Very we already fresh. know Graham's is all on Team God's side. Which is weighted and, out. And Mitch and Gail, they're kind of like, he's a fucking medicine runner. He doesn't have, he doesn't, no one should, they're like, he shouldn't have to deal with this. He's fucking 17. And Dawson's like, you know what? I do have to deal with this. No, it was, and the doctor is the one like, who said, I think, I'm sorry, I think but legally, it out. legally, he has to deal with it. Like, he signed the paper. Whether he believed yeah. that's what it was or not, like, yeah, he's got to do it. And that's Dawson, no, this is my responsibility, though. You're right. Like, I got to do it. And he's like, all right, well, what's the chances? And they're like, ah, they're not that good. But he's like, I mean, we can always wait a little while, right? And that turns out to be the right choice because, like, it seems like Mr. Brooks was just staying alive long enough for his good friend Andy Griffin to walk through the door and be like, hey, man, (laughs) you fucking bastard you're gonna see her first i guess it's only fitting as i was married to her and had a great family with her and everything here on earth and you'll get to see her and whatever if there is anything after this but grams is like yeah it's called heaven motherfucker yeah grams popped her head in the door and she's like don't you ever forget about heaven you son of a bitch Hashtag God. So Dawson decides to take him off of the life support and him and the hospital crew are there and they leave him alone and he says, see you, Mr. Brooks. And they close it out when he sets up. He just raises one hand and a little thumb barely up. And then he puts both his hands back in his pants pockets. And then he just. But But what he actually does or what Dawson actually does after that is go home and he sets up a screening of one of Brooks's movies because Grams had said she'd never seen it before. So he sits there with the crew and they watch this movie. And it's like, that's probably the best place he could be right now, all things considered. Yeah, it was uh, it was the hospital crew, which we dubbed Grams, Gretchen, Dawson, Mitch, and Gail. Well, yeah, that's who ends up watching, watching the movie, movie. Eating some popcorn. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. They all watched a picture. <laughs> yes, that's right. Let's honor. Eating some popcorn. R.I.P. Mr. Brooks, you're a funny character. I liked you a lot. You'll be missed. You will be missed. Okay, so let's move in to the ski trip. And let's Opening see. at the school. I wish that Mr. Brooks's movies actually existed, because I love noir movies, and I'd love to actually see Turn Away My Sweet. Like, just makes me mad that doesn't really exist, but right, it doesn't actually make me mad. Let's move on to the ski trip. Let's talk about Jen and Jack on the ski trip. And with Jen starting out saying, I should be with Grams right now. Like, she's going through some shit right now. Like, I should really be there. And this senior trip is overrated, just like everything else in life. Fuck all that. And Jack's like, nah, man, this isn't about what goes on during the day. This is about what goes on during the nighttime, boy. Or girl. But she's still pushing the Toby thing on him. And my favorite thing. And he's all like, he's all like, dude, Toby's too gay. Yeah, he's like, he's very gay, and it turns me off. I'm not interested. (laughs) So we get to 
the, the lodge. And Drew Valentine steps in. And apparently he can just take the keys from whoever was designated to hand out room keys. Throw them out to two other couples and keep one for himself. He knows what those rooms are. What's in those rooms. How many bathrooms. What the amenities are. And then just hands the bucket back to the guy and takes off. What the fuck was that? It just seemed like some other kid was doing it too. So it's like, who fucking cares? Why man? Why would the teacher, and maybe it was another kid, but why would Mr. Kasdan give the bucket of keys to another kid and trust them? It looks like there was one teacher on this senior trip. That's fucked up too, right? Because it looked like that to me. A bus full of kids. 40, 50 kids. And That's Mr. Kasdan. Like, they don't give a fuck. Nah, you're right. They really don't. Well, they give a fuck after things go wrong, as we find out later. Um, no, they didn't even then give a fuck. No, because Mr. Kaz, but that's the thing. Mr. Kasdan does a thing that shows he does give a fuck, because he doesn't go the usual route of punishing Jen. And we'll get to what that means later, but I think Mr. Kasdan does give a fuck. He's just not the same kind of idiot that all the other teachers who have worked for Capeside High have been. I guess that's true. I guess, see, this is where we're finally actually getting some good teachers he might that this be, school is hiring. It started out with Principal Green, obviously. And, then, and other new principals seems pretty cool. Well, at least I like I like he his was style. Fun. He was fun. Yeah, that was a good episode. I don't remember if we see him or not again. I'd imagine we do at some point. Um, well, I mean, it, it's just in our minds now that he exists. I right. mean, he's not necessarily a character we need to see a lot. It's not like... They've, you know, had him be with another secondary character, had a child with another secondary character. Not yet. Just on disappear for, you know, fucking forever. But now I don't question where fucking no, I know. Bodie's at. You oh, know what know. I'm saying? Because Bodie's got a lot of shit on his plate now. So after Drew throws out keys to P. Joe and uh, best friends... Because that's, all right, I don't know if we've ever established, but I always refer to Jack and Jen as best friends. I'm going to refer, refer oh, yeah. to Dawson. Especially after this episode when they almost fuck. Okay, well, so she slips and falls on the way to their room from that. Um, they go, Hilarious. They go in the room and she's playing around. Oh, dude, I love when she does the Pratt Falls, like when she fell in the soccer net earlier. And this episode, she's taking them. But so she's icing her ankle later. She's just playing around with Jack, like, come over here and take my pants off. And he's like, he gets weird immediately. Like, no, I can't do that it's inappropriate and she's like no that's we're just friends it's not a big deal he's like well would you like it if i took my clothes off in front of you and she's like yeah (laughs) and he's like all right forget that no he didn't even give her a chance to answer he's like forget that that is withdrawn because he knows the answer yeah come on we we all remember uh she has dreams about jack well, so we're setting the tone for what happens because they're out on the town later she slips and falls again and busts her shit even harder so funny so they go back to the room and i'm not intentionally you might have to edit this i'm not intentionally or diminishing jack by saving his conversation with joey until later but it does come up sequentially here i am going to skip it for the moment i don't know if you had that in your notes we get stuck on jack again (laughs) it's obviously it wouldn't have mattered i don't even think i have it in here so i just made something out of nothing my bad well anyway so Jack comes in later. Jen's broken into the mini bar and she's been drinking. And Jack's like, yeah, I need to get fucking drunk tonight too, girl. Jack's like, I need to get reckless. 
That's right. Reckless and stupid, I think is what he said. And he's like, I just want to get wasted and fight someone. She's like, well, have a drink with me now and I'll fight you later. And I was like, that's the fucking good line. Like, if he were straight, like, it's on. And it was... Oh, yeah. If if he was straight, they would be, like, the perfect couple. Well, it's almost on. Cause like, they'd be better than Pijo, and that's almost impossible. Well, they get hammered, and he's like, I'm scared of being alone. And then he kisses her, and then they start making out. And then they really start making out. And then she's like, nope, that's enough of this. You are drunk and lonely and gay. No, he says... He says... uh not verbatim because i'm not very good at writing down as fast as they're talking but he says i'm scared i'm never gonna find a guy i love as much as i love you before he kisses her oh no you're right that's exactly what he says because i have that written down here i just skipped right over that but yeah he's but again keep in mind they're fucking hammered jen cuts that shit off because she's all like uh Oh, yeah, she's all like, uh, we need to stop this right now because she's like, we are going to fuck if this, like, if she's like, if I don't cut this off. And she's like, right now, it might not matter. It might be awesome. But she's like, tomorrow, well, you might feel a little bit differently about that because they both feel like the day. Well, they both feel real definitely about that the next day because she'd know it was the bad decision for her. But she stops it. It's no big deal. She goes to clean up after them, and then she's throwing away liquor bottles, drunk as shit, and making a mess out of things. Mr. Kazan decides to walk up and see that little charade happening, and he's like, oh, oh we'll have a little talk uh, to later, I think. Uh, see you later. And she just takes off. Um, and that that comes up in the next episode. So let's go to the, the, big, the big event of the three-pack. I what, would the say. opening of this episode where it's back at the at the school and the basic thing was will joey and pacey fuck um someone just yells out the bus window anyone who plans on getting laid this weekend get on board so the tone is set right off the bat but they, oh, yeah. they've been talking real awkwardly before they get on the bus about whether or not they're get out of town people and you can tell shit is still weird from last episode when sex came up. Like, they have not sorted their shit out yet. And then who is sitting right behind them? Good old best friend Drew Valentine with his date, new girl character, new character, new girl character. <laughs> so her name is Anna, but she's on Anna. but she's on the trip under an assumed name of a student from Cape Side who isn't actually yeah, Alyssa, right? Oh, I don't remember that. No idea. Yes, it is Alyssa. I like how you came up with a name for the fake character that never shows up as opposed to the one who's actually in the show who stays new girl character and GC. Yeah, new girl character. It took me a second to get there a second time, but we got there. Well, let's get to where Joey and Pacey are in the room. He turns on the TV, and I guess at the Spruce Pines Lodge, or whatever the hell it's called, you just get porn. It's just porn. It's just porn. All the time. Yep. Porn all the time. You can just watch porn. You don't got to pay for it. You just turn on your TV. It's porn after porn after porn. Just it, The porn don't stop. We've given 100% you- 100% porn channels. What's going on with that? So shit, again, just super They weird. only get 10 channels, right? Eight of them is porn. Well, they end One up- of them is news. <laughs> one of them is HGTV. <laughs> Perfect. And as long as all of those have Geico commercials, it's no problem. (laughs) 
you be progressive. That's what I meant. It's all the same to me, man. But I like I like some guys. What's the progressive <laughs> one I just saw? The one where it's like an eighties movie that they're ending where they're walking into the house, like <laughs> she's like they spend like, Thanksgiving. Oh, he's all like, Yeah, you wanna play another game of backgammon? She's all like, Not on your life. Yeah, I like that one, but okay. <laughs> In the meantime, Pacey and Joey agree. I'll text it to you later. Uh, I've seen it recently. That's why I remember it. So, uh, probably yesterday. They end up saying, okay, this weekend doesn't have to be about sex. Right? Right. Agreed. No problem. They go out to a restaurant. And they end up with Anna and Drew and this whole other group of motherfuckers. And it's all about sex. Oh, that wallet condom gag? (laughs) Well, so Drew ends up talking about how it's so easy for women to have sex. When they want it, they just go get it. So dudes got to be prepared and always have a condom in their wallet. And Joey's like incredulous. She's like, no, that's definitely not true. There's no way. My response to that is you're correct. Don't keep it in your wallet because it gets destroyed there. Keep it in your fucking pocket, you idiot. But that's not the point. Anna's like, pull your wallets out, dudes. Let's find it out. Everyone pulls out their wallets. Everyone's got a condom. But Pacey forgot his back at the lodge. And then busted. Oh, when, yeah. When they're walking out and Joey's like, like, Pace, I know you got your wallet on you. She's like, you know, take your wallet out. And yep, you know, wouldn't you know it? He's got a condom in his wallet. Well, here's what I want to know. Why does she get so fucking angry about it? That's what I want to know. She just did the whole safe sex thing. Unless she ignored all that information she was given, she should be happy that he walks around with a condom in his pocket just in case, because then he's prepared. I don't know. But it doesn't matter in the end, really. Well, well, they, they do have like a big fucking argument. And she ends up like... Well, that's when Anna comes and knocks on the door. And she's like, yo, the hot tubs, y'all. Come chill at the hot tubs. We're going to get in them healing waters with Gretchen's boyfriend from the last episode. We're going to keep them... Nick? Yeah, 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 yeah. Nick in the healing waters. Pacey's like, yeah, let's... You can tell. He's like, Joey, let's go chill. And she's like, nah. I'm still pissed off about this whole fucking sex thing. I can tell that you'd rather have someone like Anna than someone like me who's got the experience and all that shit. So why don't you just go fuck her? And And he's like, he's like, dude, that's not what I'm about. You fucking know that. Nine months. I literally would want to read a book with you five nights out of the week. He's like, let's fuck the other two nights and read the book five nights he's like that's how much i love you but he brings it back to what apparently continues to be a root issue and he's like i know the reason you don't want to sleep with me and i think you know exactly what it is you're just too afraid to say his name well and that's obviously true and we find that out later yes absolutely so he leaves he takes off and he goes to the hot tubs and anna finds him and they end up sitting down and talking and she's trying to fucking get Dude, she is all just like, let's fuck. And he's like, no. He's like, no, no. Actually, I'm in love with Joey. And uh, I would pretty much like, he's like, I want to be with her for like forever, ever. And she's like, man, it's just fucking. And he's like, no, man. Like, he's like, that's just not what I'm he's like, I got, into he's like, I got, he's like, I got someone I want to spend the rest of my life with. Not just one night. Not this fucking bullshit. Like, and I'll wait as long as it takes to get that person. And who's standing behind them? Eavesdropping. But Joey. Voyeuristically, like, this show is so known to do, is Joey. And it's an opportune moment because she's ready to go when she hears this. They go back to the room. Oh, yeah. She hears that and she's just like, boom. 
They get back to the room. He's combing her hair and she stops him and she's like, where's your wallet? And he's like, God damn it. I thought we were done talking about that. And she's like, oh, we are done talking about that. She's like, she's like, she's like, take the condom out. And he's like, what? You want me to throw it in the garbage? And she's like, just the wrapper. And I'm like, oh my God. And then she gives this whole, all the reasons why she's ready to sleep with him. She does the countdown for the kiss like he did at Aunt Gwen's house. You know, they really set that scene, and then we cut, you know, fade to black on the episode, and they definitely boned. Oh, yeah, I have (laughs) ending in PJ's room on senior trip. They fuck it. Now, there's one thing I wanted to bring up before we move forward, and I brought it up earlier, is that phone call between Dawson and Joey earlier, where he's talking about, like, letting things go and how... Where's the phrase? Uh, If we weren't so afraid to let go, we wouldn't feel so free when we did. And you can tell in her reaction, this is exactly what she needed to hear in all this. But by the time they get to the end of the phone call and they hang it up, Dawson's already got that look on his face. Like, he can sense something has changed. Like, he's got a sixth sense for Joey's virginity. <laughs> it's fucking weird. And that plays into this point we've been skirting around this whole time and we're going to get to here in a while. But we're going to keep pushing it. Like, he can smell it already over the phone. Smells like a, a weird sh- way. Like to put a shark it. with blood in the water. It's great. It's just crazy because even before we got to the next episode, when he does the "I got a feel," I was thinking already like he can sense it, and that's strange. Uh, did you have any other points, or do you got your four pillars? Uh, I don't have any more points. I just got some pillars. All right, number one pillar. R.I.P. Mister Arthur Brooks. Truly, rest in peace to Mr. Brooks. A fantastic character. I hope you do not land in purgatory like that dead ghost bitch. Uh, number two. P. Joe fucking! That they be doing. Uh, pillar number three. Jen and Jack. Almost fucked. <laughs> Very close. I feel like, give him another two or three minutes and we'd have been Oh, there. yeah, 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 yeah. If she was just, like, one shot deeper but that makes it so much worse than it already was anyway like the whole situation just they they made the right call that's all i'll say oh yeah they made the right <laughs> call i'm just saying oh i know i and saw it the too. best part was that next morning when she was like she's like think about if she's like i would have gotten pregnant and then we're best friends raising a kid who you're gay and i'm not, like and she's like oh, she and doesn't I'm say straight. she doesn't say raising a kid she says they have a love child yeah. which i think is a greater way of putting it um. <laughs> which would be hilarious but like how are you going to explain to our, our child that you can only have sex with mommy when you're drunk but not unrealistically in their futures if there were, she had problems getting pregnant or couldn't find anyone but wanted to get pregnant use Jack as a sperm donor so they technically have a kid together they just don't bone to ha- well they could still bone but they wouldn't just donate know, it just donate it they might well they might sure there's a lot of Dawson's Creek left to cover that ground you don't know Anyway, I think we got a fourth pillar for this episode. Um, it was just really just an, uh, an elaboration on what I had already said in the last one uh, as just an extra nugget. This kind of became like a pillar where it was like, there's no super huge drama between our main heroes. No, it feels like things are almost right for the and- first time. I like that. It was good. It was good. It is good, technically. But so we jump in on episode 15, Four Stories, and it's that scene you were talking about with them uh, getting on the bus the next morning. And that's what. Oh, 
when they open at the Spruce Pines Lodge? That's exactly where they open. And we see Kasdan talking to Jen going, yeah, I got a little something that's going to be good for you after our little incident last night. It's not a punishment. Don't worry. I'll tell you about it later. And so I'm sitting there going, I, I honestly, and again, the benefit of doing this is there's things I don't remember. I didn't remember the therapist storyline. So when he comes up later, and we'll get to it later, I was so fucking happy. I was like, oh, that's right. But before that, we got to leave Joey and Pacey behind. We got to leave them at the Spruce Pines Lodge. Yeah. And Drew, I don't know if he doesn't know that it's No, not... he knew what he was doing. No, when he first saw the couple making out questionable about who it was. I mean, it was obvious to us it wasn't. But he knows it's not them before that bus takes off. And he's like... Ooh, villainous Drew fucking tapping his little fingers and twirling his little fucking mustache. <laughs> that was just funny. It, it was funny, but it's still villainous as hell. It's still shit. I don't think it's do. villainous. It's mischievous. In, in the pantheon of Drew Valentine, yes, it's mischievous, sure. But you know, he's just a villainous bastard. He's not doing that for their fun. And I don't think that was any fun for them. That's how no. you want to spend the morning after the first time you boned, and Drew knows they boned. You know Drew knows that. Somehow he's got a sixth sense for Joey's virginity, too. Everybody can smell it. Oh, my God. I, that's not the right term. I said it before, too. It feels so weird with smell. But oh, damn. So no, they're stuck there, right? <laughs> they stuck there. And Pacey's like, so did you tell Bessie about having sex with me? No. Did you tell Gretchen about having sex with me? No. Girl, why haven't you fucking told anyone you've had sex with me already? Like, it's been eight hours. Why doesn't everyone know that we've been having sex? Pacey's... Then he gets around to asking if he was good. Gets around to asking if she had an orgasm. And all this shit. And I'm like, Pacey, you need to fucking slow the hell down. What are you doing? She doesn't even know what just happened. She's still putting together that experience she had. It's Joey Potter. You know she's having some complex emotions. The morning after her first time, right? She doesn't give a fuck about how good you were. You were fine. Well, that is what she says, actually, isn't it? Fine. Yeah, good. I mean, like, when it just comes down to it. But what? When it comes down to what? I'll just wait. We've waited this long. Okay, okay. No, oh, oh, I see. Well, he ends up, she ends up storming off, going outside, and he comes outside to apologize. And she's like, listen, man, why? She said it was nice. Nice is good because I felt safe. I felt protected. And that's the shit I want to remember in the future. Not whether or not you were good at having sex. I don't know if you were good. I don't know what good is in this context yet. But I'm ready to go back home so we can have more sex. Yeah, and and that was the reason like I wrote down like it seems like she always has to get upset to have like a sweet moment. I'm put I'm not gonna disagree with you in a lot of cases. I'm putting this one on Pacey though for being super weird the I morning would agree. after. I'm just she saying reacted, it, she reacted legitimately and he should have no, apologized. She reacted legitimately. Just I'm just saying it just seems like something I've noticed as of late. I think there are times where she makes a situation you're right. With this one, I'm putting on Pacey. And like most situations when Pacey is the instigator, he doesn't directly apologize for being a dick. He just takes the compliment and goes, oh, girl, and smiles. But it works. It works for them. No judgment. Yeah. yeah. So let's move on to Dawson and Gretchen here. And they grow over to Brooke's house. Grams has asked them to meet him there. And they go in the garage, which is a treasure trove of Brooks's film career. Just all sorts of shit in there. But Dawson's upset 
because the funeral had like five people at it, he says. Something like that. He says it's fucking pathetic. And it doesn't matter if they donate this shit or what they do with this shit. He doesn't want any of this shit because what does it matter? Like, he's in a dark place after that funeral. Oh, yeah. He's kind of like, man, death consumes us all. What the fuck? Who cares? Like, yeah. At in the end of it, they're like five fucking people showed up to this guy's like Fear to wrong. commemorate his life when he's like he's like, dude, he made like eleven or twelve movies, and five people showed up. And if I wouldn't have stolen his boat, however many months ago, uh, like, no one would have been here. He's like, there'd be nobody here. Um, but before all of that, like him and Gretchen have this moment where they read this old play that he'd written. When he was about Dawson's age. And like that's a really. Just a really cute moment between Dawson and Gretchen. Which I feel like we haven't gotten a whole lot of those. Kind of just playful. We're having fun in the moment. Kind of moments between them. So that was really nice to see. During this. Like the way that they showed it is. It seems like they've had a lot of these moments. They just haven't shown up on screen. I'll agree with you on that, but it all because it always moves into this kind of thing where she says to him, like she makes it serious, because they, they're both definitely helping each other progress. So they have very serious conversations. But in this one, she's like, "I just want you to remember that the reason I, or the moment I realized I wanted to be with you in a more serious way was when we were watching his movie Back in the Bedroom, Back in the Bedroom, yeah, 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 bedroom." And she's like, I saw how passionate you got watching that. And that made me realize you were a passionate person I wanted to be with. So, like, Brooks brought us together. Remember that, too. And that's when he gets left alone in the, the garage now. And he's just chilling. Oh, actually, before that, she says, remember Brooks's big beating heart. Which is something that Dawson, I think, had said about him some point earlier this season. Don't remember. It was a callback to someone saying it at some point. Doesn't matter. But then this dude comes in. He's like, I "Yo, thought it was a fast forward to his big old bleeding heart was gonna leave Dawson a big old amount of fatty because the yeah. little guy stops by and he's all like, "Hey, come back to my office later. I got some fucking money for you, Dawson." Well, that's he. That's not quite what happens here. He does find that out later. But what I really liked about it is this stranger comes in. He looks around and he's like, "Who was this guy?" And it forces Dawson to kind of think about it. And I think. That stranger asking him that question really helped because he's like, he was a pain in the ass, but he was a friend of mine and I'm going to miss him. Like, I think it really helped him put into perspective, like, he might be mad about how things turned out for Brooks, but there's no reason to because he got, they got what they got from each other in the time they had. Because by the end of this episode, when we get to Dawson, you can tell he's still sad about it, but he's not mad about it anymore. Like he was in the garage. Yeah. But before we get there, since we have been holding off, let's talk about Jen in the therapy session. In excess baggage. Oh, I forgot. Yeah, each scene had its own little thing. Joey and Pacey's was called About Last Night. Dawson and Gretchen's was The Big Picture, which is a nice nod to Mr. Brooks. Uh, and Jen's is Excess Baggage. And she just goes to this therapist and I'm like... She tries turning the tables because I guess this is the punishment. Is she has to go to therapy? But think about how brilliant that is. Like she clearly, and that's why I was like, this isn't really a punishment. Like this is like almost a reward. But that's what Mister Kasdan said. He's like, it's not a punishment. It's something that will be good for you, and that's exactly what it is. And that's why Kasdan is the best teacher we've seen so far. Yeah, I would say hands down. Because he he shows that he gives a fuck. Most of the teachers have come in and they've been like 
Fuck you for being from New York. Uh, fuck you for talking or swearing in class. Uh, fuck you for being gay. Uh, fuck you for just being you. Uh, also, also in Pacey's case, I'll fuck you. So here we have a guy who steps in, and we've seen all season in the. I mean, outside of that, Mitch might have been the best teacher. Only a substitute. I'm not going to count him. But I mean, that's pretty sad absolutely i mean they use them for their purposes but and maybe no um what's his name benji didn't turn out to be bad the film teacher yeah well wasn't he gay yeah he was gay but he didn't like do anything well, and that's why i thought it was weird that the school was like anti-gay with the he might not have been out out and Tant miss jacobs knew but then why would she tell a student like that just so blatantly well probably because she was fucking pacey and she's like i don't need you to be fucking jelly of this gay guy maybe he wasn't gay at all maybe she just said it to him so he wouldn't be worried oh i don't know oh we don't need to get into season one politics right now but yeah so jen has this whole thing it basically gets to the point where she's not happy with it she's been kind of pushing his buttons a little bit she gets up to leave and he's like well why don't you just get out of here then she's like, well i can't because the school will know that i didn't do it he's like oh i'll lie i will tell them you fulfilled this shit i don't care if you want to leave just get out of my office and i think that's when she realizes like oh like maybe i should just do this so she asks him am i totally screwed up and he gives this like i can't know for sure because i don't know you but here's what i think and she sits the fuck back down it's like okay let's do this yeah so that's i think a really great story i think it's gonna be good for her character I, I after seeing it spark off here, I remember more of what happens afterwards, and it's I just I love that Jen is the one to go down that path and have this show explore what therapy is like because it's perfect for her character, but it also takes her away from relying on other characters to drive her storyline, which is what she's kind of been this season. It's not that she hasn't yeah. had important things happen to her, but it feels like she's been more secondary than a main but this episode points her out as no our main four are still our original main four jack doesn't even show up here as we head into the final segment seems like old times and that's a perfect fucking title for this segment because it sure does or it feels like it's going to well it's like they uh joey and dawson run into each other at the movie theater like they hadn't planned on meeting there is what right i got from it oh that's absolutely what it seemed like and so they're getting ready to go and watch the movie apparently together now and joey's like you know what do you want to like go to a diner and talk well before that we already lead off with dawson asking probing questions he's like so did i miss anything exciting on the ski trip and she's like oh yeah jen uh bruised her foot and then dawson a little more pointed this like, well did you and pacey have fun and that's when she's like to change the subject let's just go somewhere else and grab a bite to eat maybe and that's when we get to the will coming in to the situation where we find out dawson's getting at least enough money in his estimation to pay for all of his school yeah so i would say he's getting a decent amount of money if he's looking to go to a high-end film school in California in the year 2000, he's going to need, and I'm going to inflate a little bit here, at least $150,000 to pay yeah, for Yeah, I was guessing that. he's probably getting anywhere between a hundred, between fifty to 100000 is what my guess was. Joey's suggestion is make a movie. Well, and my other thought is he might even getting be getting significantly more 
because if they said Mr. Brooks doesn't have any family and he doesn't like who the hell is he going to leave anything to Grams? I'm like gonna... I assume he might have actually left something to Graham. It's possible. I'm going to say that most of what was left was left to Dawson, including the assets like the yacht and shit like that too, which he can sell off or whatever. Yeah. The the property like Dude, I just be like I'm just going to keep this house. I would probably, if I were a 17-year-old kid like him, find out a way to put it in my parents' name as well, if they would be willing to do that, just because, you know, I don't know. I'm a 17-year-old. I know how I was a 17-year-old. No way I should be moving into my own house with possibly hundreds of thousands of dollars at my disposal. That'd be fucking dope. I don't think I would be talking to you at 35. Oh, yeah, it's quite possible. What I'm saying is what I'm saying. So... I would say somehow I need to get my parents involved in this gigantic sum of money. But that none of that comes to fruition here. But I like Joey's idea of use it to finance a movie. You could make, dude, just take, as a 17-year-old, take 5000 of that. Min- that's it. And you could make a dope-ass movie. Yeah, because what did he make? Like, how much money did it like cost to make the movies he had made? already like what he got like a 2500 or something like that for that one movie yeah and i can't i don't know even if he took let's say ten thousand. Ten. all right i know i know one particular movie clerks kevin smith he made that early 90s black and white twenty five thousand dollars right what about that movie well it's uh, paranormal activity which costs like yeah like I think less than 50000 to make, and it made millions of dollars. Well, by then, making movies was a much different game than even it was in 2000 when Dawson's looking to make movies, you know? Like, how yeah. you, how you'd go about doing it changes a lot. Because when did Paranormal Activity come out? Like, 2007? Or after that? I don't even know. Couldn't tell you. None of this is important, though, because they go back out, they walk around a little bit, um, they go sit on the swing set from season two, and she's like, "I'm and that's sorry." That's when Dawson brings up to Joey. He's like, "Hey, man, I just want you to know that like you're definitely my fucking best friend." Yep. Yeah, because she's apologizing for not being there for him with Mister Brooks the last few days, and he's like, "No, I get it. You got your shit going on, and I know that you are my best friend. That's good, no matter what. So don't worry about it." So showing again, seeing up to this point, like. That's a really good way to be looking at things. Like, that makes sense to me. So they continue walking around and they get back to the movie theater. And this is where Dawson blows it. And this is where Joey blows it. Well, and then this is where the weirdest part of the whole show happens so far. Of the entirety of seasons one through four? Definitely this season, the weirdest thing. I'm going to say probably the whole series. Like, I was going to be ready to agree with that because it's weird as hell. Do you you want to... Fucking pop the cork on this one and let our audience know. So, like, Dawson is like, hey, I, I, I understand this is going to be a weird question, personal, borderline rude, but, like, are you and Pacey fucking? And no, no, he's a little, again, he keeps beating around the bush because he starts out with saying, like, did something happen on the ski trip? Now, they know each other well. Joey knows what that means, but yeah. she, won't, she won't answer it. She's like, yeah, but what are you asking me? And that's when he's like, did you sleep with Pacey? And then she like goes down this weird explanation. She's like, she's like, you know, whenever someone asked me, you know, who'd you lose your virginity to? I always thought easiest question to answer in my life. Who else than Dawson Larry? Who else? Who the fuck else? And she's like, it's just, you know, it's weird when that 
changes and then dawson's like oh so you fucked and then she's like no dawson no and i'm like what the fuck just happened i'm like i'm like why can't you just be like uh yeah we've been dating for nine months like oh here's what makes it even worse like if, though. if you don't think that we're having sex dawson i don't understand what's going on in your head all right i got two points one real quick i just came up with second her response should have been Dawson. I'm sorry, but it's none of your business whether or not I'm sleeping with Pacey. Yeah, let's let it there. But it, what makes it, her response worse here is that earlier in her segment with Pacey earlier, he flat out said he asked her. He's like, if Dawson were to ask you if we slept together, what would you tell him? Would you tell him the truth? And she goes, absolutely, yes, I'd tell him the truth. She flat out says it right there to Pacey. I would tell him if he asked me. And Dawson straight up asks her, and she straight up says no. And I'm like, why? And for that to be how we end this three-pack, leaving such a sour fucking taste in my mouth, is rough. Yeah, yeah. It was a brutal ending to this three-pack. I was just like, that is fucking stupid. Do not fucking like that at all. It's not necessarily on par for Joey's character. It's a weird thing for Dawson to care about right now. I mean... I'm going to chalk it up to bad writing decisions because it just feels like a they needed to force a way to wrap up a whole bunch of things that were going on nicely and neatly and move along with them but then also force the issue on the sex thing because there hasn't been any confrontation between them too big so far this season so let's force something like because i don't remember how this plays out i really really don't so to me, looking at it here, going, why would you do that? Why would you have him ask that question? And you make a good point, especially now when he's got this thing going on with Gretchen. Like maybe he's just because he's grieving. Like he's just asking. He just wants to answer. add more fucking grief to his heartache. But that's the hard thing about when you're grieving, though, is you're not necessarily making the smartest of decisions. Maybe you're thinking, yes, I can't handle this on top of what. Like how could it get worse? Here's my question. If she would have said yes, I will also point out once she says no, he does look very relieved. Very relieved. He says he's relieved. Oh, does does he? I guess I missed that because I was so blown away by the whole scene. Damn, Joey, I am fucking relieved. Okay, so not necessarily like that, but pretty much like that. How do you think he would have reacted if she would have said yes? I feel like the way he should have reacted would be like, makes sense. You guys have been dating for almost a year. So when I asked you, what do you think he would have done? I think he would have tried to not look disappointed, yet he would look disappointed and sad. In which case, if I'm Joey, I'm like, what does your matter? You're dating his sister. So this Dawson Trying to revenge fucker. I was just going to ask this Dawson woman <laughs> like, for the revenge like Exactly. Fuck See, he's trying to figure out if he should be revenge fucking him. Well, let's let's find out a little bit more. For that little added edge. He'd be like, he'd be like I want to fuck Gretchen, but he's like, if I just put it to a little bit to the side, revenge fucking Gretchen. Okay. Talk to me about your pillars. All right. Four pillars of truck. Number one. Dawson is in Mr. Brooks' will. Obviously, Mr. Brooks really liked Doc. He got to know Dawson really well, and Dawson wouldn't take shit from Mr. Brooks, and that got his respect, and he kind of looked at him as like a son. My guess is what it comes down to is in the end, Mr. Brooks saw Dawson and saw a lot of himself when he was his age. He was like, that was me when I was 17. This kid's fucking wise beyond his years like I was too, so I can trust this kid. Also, a whole lot of money, gonna go a long way for this boy, so let's hook him up. Yeah. 
I ain't got nobody else except for let me slide a little cash over to Grams on the side. Yo, Grams, you got any credit cards that need to be paid off? All right, I got you. No, he bought Evelyn a summer home somewhere else in the country. No, he left the home to Evelyn. Or a winter a winter home in Massachusetts, I guess. Uh, number two pillar, Jen joins therapy. Yup. Uh, I think it'll be good for her character. I hope she rides it out the rest of the season and some. We're getting close to the end of the season. Uh, number three pillar, why would Joe lie to Dawson about sex with Pacey, her boyfriend of nine months? Of course they fucking. I don't know, man. I, don't, I can't answer that. You're going to have to ask joey number four pillar dawson and joe had some really good interactions just like old times up until the weird fucking ending with the really weird sex conversation yep yep they are both dating somebody else who cares he cares she cares she obviously cares what he thinks he comes up all the time between Pacey and Joey, too. He's a huge factor in what Joey does at all times. Dawson is present in that relationship, and whether then, he's in the And then she or not. gets mad when Pacey brings it up. Yep. But it's fucking obvious. No, and that that is the problem. Like, she's still hanging on to that. She might be moving forward. She might be progressing and doing things with Pacey. And obviously, she took it to the next level in, in this three-pack. But that entire time... Dawson still lingers and looms over the whole thing. She can't let it go. And Pacey can feel it. And it's fucking, it's weird. It's all weird. Yeah, I don't know. I Well, let's hear about what you might know about. And those are your predictions for the next three pack. You want them all at once? You want them individually? I don't know. Do they work good individually? I'm going to start out with episode 16, Mind Games. So I think Joey is playing fucking mind games with Dawson. And she's also maybe playing mind games with Pacey. I don't know. I mean, I don't feel like she's playing mind games with Pacey. Drew is trying to play mind games with someone. Maybe Anna. I don't really know. Toby is abandoning trying to play fucking games on Jack and just focusing on trying to be Jack's friend because he still wants to fuck jack or wants jack to fuck him i don't know which i don't really care what's jen up to in uh, my Jen's still going to therapy what's happening in therapy uh she is spilling her guts out about uh her parents okay all right uh, anything else for mind games no let's hear about episode 17 admissions think about that in the context of again what's going on in their lives right now yeah gail's getting admitted to the hospital for a baby to be coming into this world. We are admitting a baby on the planet Earth. And um, I think that's going to be the main focus of this episode. Baby Leary coming in fresh. And you know that there's going to be fo- photos taken. And fucking brought to light in the dark room. Okay. Okay. Episode 18, Eastern Standard Time, which is the time zone they're already in. Yeah. So. Very helpful. This is their time zone. Right. (laughs) I don't really know what I'm supposed to get from that. Let me do a couple things for you here. And Mind Games is fine. Let's jump back to admissions for a second. Think about admissions in a different light in what's going on in their lives right now. Might have to do with a certain counselor they've been seeing throughout the entire school year. Oh, they're going to get admitted to school? College? Might have something to do with that. Well, I mean, 
We already know Andy's going to Harvard. Well, she's already in Italy, man. Forget about Andy. She's gone until... She's in that Florence Familia. Maybe she'll... (laughs) She's deep in the Florence Familia. She might come back for prom. She might come back for graduation. But right now, she's in a different time zone. I don't know what time zone Italy it is, but it's not Eastern Standard. Oh, maybe she's coming back to Eastern Standard time. Oh, oh, okay. So... Jump off from there. All right, Andy's coming back because it is real close. If not, time for prom. And all right, just we be- just had the senior trip, man. Right, so we gotta be getting real fucking close to prom. Real fucking close to spring. Let me give you one final nudge on this last episode, just because. Like, it- I kind of feel like you're trying to tell me that Jen's gonna get some admitted into some like no. Like thing, and I'm all like, man, nope. they already did like a crazy nope. train. Not, thing. not. A, I don't know where you picked up on that from. I was not, not getting it. That I was talking about college admissions. Um, oh, yeah. So I, I was hinting at you were on the right that. point. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, Eastern Standard Time harkens back to an old Dawson's Creek tradition, uh, definitely featured in season one, and that is the art of the road trip. Oh, I was gonna say being in the bedroom. <laughs> Maybe we'll get back to that, but no, the art of the road trip. So, like you did in past episodes, and famously put Dougie and Paisley together on a road trip, going the opposite direction of whoever else was in another car trip. There are two groups of people, specifically that I know off the top of my head, that go off to places together. Who are those two pairs of people, and where are they going? All right. So Pijo and Pijo Jack and Jen are all going. No, the two groups are going separately from each other to places. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pijo, Jack, and Jen are going together as one group. No, or do they split later? There's only four total people involved. Two groups of two. Oh, see, I didn't know that. That's what I meant. Two groups of two separately from each other. So two couples, but they aren't necessarily couples. Go to two different places, doing two different things. Ah, oh, this is stupid. But <laughs> then why are you Joey and Dawson are both going to New York. If you think it's stupid, why are you gonna guess? <laughs> because New York is where a school that Joey might be going to. She okay. has to check it out, and then Dawson's gonna be checking out the film school there. Okay. I mean, it's obvious that Pacey would just be going to any sort of community college in the area, so he doesn't necessarily need to check it out. So that's, I guess, why he wouldn't be going, and he trusts his girlfriend, Joey, isn't going to fuck Dawson. He's probably so. got something else going on anyway. We'll figure, we'll find out about some school shit he's got to deal with, maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Okay, I don't so know either. Dawson, Joey in New York. Who's our other pair? Where are they headed? Uh, Jen and Jack. And they're headed not to New York, but to Chicago, out of the Eastern Standard Time Zone, to check out some gay schools. I don't know. So yes, just... yeah, yes. They're coming to Chicago to check out gay schools. No, they're just going to Chicago to check out some schools for Jack and Jen, and I don't know, do something else. Okay, I'm not I'm not probing for anything more than that. I'm just saying if these episode titles are so unhelpful, I can at least give you a framework to work with. Otherwise, we end up like a hopeless situation where you don't even predict anything. You just talk about stuff, which is funny in its own way, but it's not a prediction, right? So I try to be helpful. I liked your mind games. That's why I didn't help you on that one. But let me help all of our guests out there when I point you in the direction of all of our new episodes on Apple Podcasts, on 50randyquays.com, and of course on Spotify. 
Uh, you can follow us at 50 Randy Blades on Twitter, and you can like us on the Facebook. So I'm going to be honest and say you can like us on the Twitter and follow us on the Facebook, but, I mean, I don't really post a lot of shit on there. The, mo- the main source, obviously, 50RandyQuades.com. I'm currently not active on Twitter or Facebook. I don't post anything ever. I see that Chuck tags me on these things, and I don't care. I, I get an email about it and I go unsubscribe to these emails, but they keep coming. <laughs> they keep coming. Facebook is relentless. I just need to go delete it. But that's a different conversation for a different time. Go to 50randyquays.com. That's what the fuck is up. That is the best place to go to. Um, until the next time you decide to join us on this beautiful adventure. We, we be, be creaking. creaking.